We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. I hope for your sake, if you had an enjoyable weekend, it was not watching Yankees baseball. Because after Friday, when it looked like the Yankees were going to do what they were supposed to do and just steamroll the Indians because they're not a great team, they're not in the playoff picture, and the Yankees need to win all these games against the inferior opponents before they play their division, which they haven't beaten all year, their division. Looked like they were on the track, and then they just get absolutely bombarded over the weekend culminates with Garrett Cole getting booed off the mound on Sunday. Scott, what's up? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned if they were to have a good weekend. So clearly, if anybody here is uh, having a good weekend, they're not watching Yankee baseball because that would be uh, that would be a bad, that would constitute a bad weekend, especially when Garrett Cole gets booed off the mound and gives up a five spot early in the game. And clearly, bad things are happening. Sunday was complete dog shit. I got to tell you, Sunday was complete was dog shit. a beautiful day out. It was There's a beautiful that. day. I got the a Yankees bad sunburn were, at the Jets-Patriots game. The Yankees were imploding. Garrett Cole was a disaster when they needed him to be a, a, a stopper and, and be the guy that was going to take that last game in Cleveland. The Jets, the Jets quarterback looked like 
you know, looked like a high school quarterback going up against NFL competition. The rest of the Jets team actually didn't play that bad, but the quarterback put them in just a terrible position, just like Garrett Cole did. So yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a bad day. It was a bad day. So shut your mouth, shut your uh, mouth about no. the about the football game and uh, and and yeah, let's you know the fact that Garrett Cole keeps telling he's telling everybody after the game that he's feels good, hamstring feels fine. Hamstring. It can't, problem. right? It can't. If it's a, if it feels fine, then I don't know. Uh, yeah, then, I mean, then we got bigger problems because it seems like you know after that first game that he pitched where that thing was heavily wrapped and he's like lumbering over to first base and um, after this one his location's not there. Something's got to be up. Can I do a quick aside before we talk about that? Um, you been to MetLife MetLife Stadium? No, I have not been to the new stadium. Uh that's not true. I have been to the Met, to the new stadium one time. They do bathrooms right okay there's a bathroom every five feet so did not have to wait in a line to pee which i thought was was uh that's that i've never had not had to do that at a sporting event so if there's one thing that any other stadium can borrow from metlife it's organize your bathrooms the way metlife does because i just feel like they there was toilets everywhere you looked which 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 is good when you're when you're at a football game okay anyway yeah, Cole said he's fine. That's the big takeaway from that life is the toilets are good. Yeah, that's a very that's a very Larry David takeaway. That's a that's a, that's a very otherwise, Larry David takeaway. Otherwise, it was a pretty generic football stadium. I yeah, mean, I mean, the, one of the things about it is 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 because uh, for me that I don't like is that it looks like a, you know, a, it looks like a an entity that will go to Mars at some point because it's just very plain. Because the whole reason they had to make it that way is uh, the majority of like the, you know, the decoration or, you know, how they make the aesthetics fit the home team is led screens. So right. when the led screens are not on, then it just looks like a steel ship. You know, it just looks like it's something that's about to take off. And then because they have to brand it from the jets or the giants. And it's just a strange looking place when, when the leds are not like fully, fully going. There's a, uh, it's, they have all their retire, all the Jets retired numbers like hanging up uh, ar- along the top, like the facing of the top deck, mm-hmm. and they also have the one Super Bowl three banner, and it just kind of just looks sad. It's just by itself. It's kind of like it wasn't even like hanging straight. It was kind of crooked. I was like, oh man, like wh- whoever had to put this thing up before the Jets game. That's just that's just a sad job. But yeah, I thought the bathroom situation. Joe was Namath good. does it. Joe Namath does it before every home game. You didn't know that. He's, he hangs it before every Yeah, yeah, they play the bugle and Joe Namath pulls it up every single day. I did not know that. Okay. It's because I just made I... it up. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, there's no way Joe Namath shows up for every home game. Yeah, and it's also coat. why it's crooked. It's also it, why it's it's crooked. probably why it's crooked. He's there in his mink coat, hoisting it to the rafters <laughs> every home game. Oh, man. Um, I think the fact that Cole gets booed off the mound on Sunday. Yes, the Yankees fans were booing Cole's performance, but they're also just booing the team, right? Like that's we're booing the team for losing two out of three against Cleveland, for probably not making the playoffs this season when you are the American League favorites to go to the World Series, for the entire season, with the exception of a few short weeks of just terrible baseball, terrible all around product of baseball, things like. Gary Sanchez dropping a pop-up behind home plate and then the team imploding afterwards. Things like double play after double play after double play. Things like um, 
offense just completely disappearing against inferior pitching. It's it whatever you want to come. Uh, we talked at nauseum last week about Glaber Torres and his awful defense, but terrible defense around the field basically this season. That's what they're booing. That's what I thought they were booing. Yes, it happened to be Garrett Cole because you're thinking like. We can't we can't lose this game, and then they lose the game with Garrett Cole. And that's what this whole thing, this whole operation, the Yankees, how they built this team, is that we're gonna be just good enough to get into the wild card and then have Garrett Cole shut the other team down. That's their game plan. That's not a sure thing. I mean, nothing's a sure thing, but they're yeah, when you boo, it's uh it's pent up frustration. That's what booing is, right? It's not it's not because you didn't perform in a given moment. It's frustration. It's built up frustration. It's not even for for one or two moments. It's it's over a long period of time. And so, yes, there's a frustration, clearly, obviously, from Yankee fans just in general because of of the way that we've been disappointed time after time again. But but booing Garrett Cole on Sunday after the man comes out, there was some soft contact. I get that. But then he also gave up home runs. The man gave up five runs, and the and basically took the Yankees out of the ball game in the from from the from the jump. When you have your your guy, your the man that you paid an exorbitant amount of money for a lot of years to be the number one best player in your organization, the number one starter, the guy who certainly needs to come in and take control of a series. When you're up against your backs are against the wall and you're you're fighting for a wild card playoff spot against two teams that you're about to spend playing uh, baseball games with to close the season, when that guy doesn't come out there and actually give a gutsy performance, keep the 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 team in the game, then hell yeah, in that moment you boo the hell out of that guy because you expect much more from him. So yes, the frustration of the Yankee fan is there and it's very much rooted deep because of this year. But in that moment, Garrett Cole deserved the boost because he came out there, he walked out, stepped on that mound and delivered a complete egg, just a zero, a zero performance. And you know what? If he's if he's hurt and he's out there playing hurt, fine, because we have no other options. Like at that point, you know, yeah. I'm glad he's doing that, but he can't. He he's, he wasn't competing in a way that he normally does. His location wasn't there, and when you have a, a major league offense, if you're throwing fastballs over the plate after, you know you can lay off uh, lay off some some of your better pitches because of control issues, then you're just you're in a you're in a position to fail. Any anybody, I don't care who you are. And uh, it doesn't matter what team you're playing against either, because everybody can hit a fastball. Obviously, we said the Yankees need to win all these games against Texas and Cleveland because they're going to end up. If you don't, you're going to put yourself in a position where you have to win all the games against Toronto and Boston, which they've not been able to do this year. They're six and ten against Boston and six again and ten against Toronto this year. They have not been able to beat any of the teams ahead of them in this division. This Yankees team does not deserve to be in the wild card. Never mind just the actual playoffs. They don't deserve it. I mean, when you have a team deserve it or not, like it, who, ca- uh, who cares if they the deserve it or ahead not? Of you. You can't beat any. I don't of the give teams a shit if they deserve it. Division. All right, fine, but you, I mean, like you're talking about this arbitrary thing of deserving one or not. Like, okay, yeah, they don't deserve it. In fact, part of me is like, if they don't make the playoffs, maybe some change will actually happen. 
Maybe that's maybe that's the case. Maybe that's a better thing for the we organization long term. Who the hell knows? Who the we hell keep knows? Saying that, but I'm not sure of it. I'm I'm honestly not sure of it because I'm I, I really do think this organization believes in what they've done over the past four years and that got to trust the process and that they're they're obviously going to be close to the playoffs this year and they're just going to chalk it up to some bad luck. Yeah, things didn't go our way this year. They can't do that. You can't look at this they, season and, and look at it as bad luck. This is a season I where you can't do that. I agree with you. But, but we bitched about the postseason press conferences the last couple of years talking about how this team is so close. Last year, they lost in the divisional series. The year before that, they did make the championship series. The year before that, they lost in the divisional series. Okay, so under Aaron Boone's tenure, they have not been so close. You're not so close unless you're in the World Series. No, when they were they were so close when the last year Girardi was the manager here. I would I would even put that as so close because they were a couple of balances of a ball. Okay. In hindsight, they're so close because they lost in seven games to a team that was cheating. Okay. But when they lost to Houston in 2019, they lost in six games and they got their butts kicked in that series. And yes. maybe Houston was cheating, maybe they weren't cheating. They probably were cheating. But they just got their asses whooped in that series. Yeah, no. Don't disagree here. Um, so anyway, the, the, my point is, is that I don't give a shit if they deserve it or not. We all know that they, everybody knows that they don't deserve it, uh, but that doesn't mean anything. If they come out and they win the, you know, if they win nine of 10 down the stretch and and Obviously. sneak into a wild card, then they're going to do that and put out their best. The problem is, is that there's nothing on that we've seen from this team that can, that says they can sustain anything, um, you know, remotely looking like a playoff contending team or a, a streak that needs to like that 13 game streak ain't happening in the playoffs. Not when you have to grind at bats, when you have to grind through pitchers that you don't have, you have to grind Look through this pitching staff. Look at this pitching staff. You can't win games in the playoffs with this pitching staff. I'm talking about the entire staff, not the rotation or just the bullpen, the entire staff. You can't win playoff series with this pitching staff. No, the, so one thing looking at this weekend, when we were, the offense isn't good enough to just outscore Good opponent. Well, they are. If they, again, they, I mentioned in the last episode, and it seemed like on Friday, I was like, "Oh, this is good timing." Scorched Earth offense is back, and then all of a sudden they disappeared. But that's what they have to do. If their offense goes away, they haven't gone scorched earth. Any, t- they have not been scorched. The, the thirteen game winning streak. They went thir- they, That's 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 how they did no, it. Yeah. They didn't go scorched earth. Actually, they didn't really go scorched. What is scorched earth in your mind? It's like just scoring nine runs and just beating the opponent nine to two, right? Like that's scorched earth. Like. Putting the game away in the third inning, what the what the Cleveland Indians did. No, like, no, no. What like I mean by scorched earth is that the offense carries a team because okay. the 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 pitching staff can't carry this team right now. It just well, can't. Did, so they have to. They did score a good amount of runs in that thirteen game stretch. They also hit almost four hundred with runners in scoring position. Right. That is not sustainable. Uh, agreed. But that's that's part of of controlling games and controlling a series with your offense. You have to hit with runners in scoring position and with runner and with two outs. You have to, and they did at a high you're clip. And you're right; that's why they came over. You're not going to no, hit 400 against my the point is, is that's that, that's what they have to do to win. Okay. That's my point. Well, if that's what they have to do to win, they're not going to win. This offense is too hit or miss. No pun intended. They're too they're too all or nothing for playoff series. But but that's not a surprise. That has plagued this team for the last you know four years. It's plagued this team. It has not been the pitching that has let them down in the playoffs. A lot of it has been the offense and timely offensive production has gone completely away. 
Yes. Uh, I don't Even when we're on. bitching about their pitching staff going into the playoffs, it actually ended up not being pitching staff. Ended up being offense disappearing. Uh, we've disagreed on this in the past. Okay, you say it hasn't been their pitching staff, and I understand that when you when you look at the series and isolate the series, and you say, "Oh, the Yankees hit one thirty five with runners in scoring position," and they that's lost what you have it. to do. You have to isolate. I, no, I, so I so I get it, but at the same time, there's also clear at moments where their pitching staff has been not in a position to win, like the fact you had to start Chad Green in an elimination game against the Astros because you didn't have more than two starting pitchers, okay? So it's it's a culmination. It's a it's a combination of things. It's not just the offense. It's not just the pitching. But the, if the offense year, is playing better, then the pitchers are also in better position. So the fact that the offense just can't get anything done. In those years, though, the bullpen had four, five, six guys that you could reasonably rely on every night. Right now, they have one, maybe. Who Who's that? <laughs> I said maybe one. Who is that? Who are you thinking of? Or else Chapman? Chapman would be the is that most who reliable. Thinking? Is right that now? who went yeah. in your head, though? <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm just curious as to who the person was that that's actually popped said, in your that's, brain. That's why I said maybe. Okay, because sometimes Chapman goes out Lucas, there. Like Lucas Lickie, probably the most dependable guy in that, that bullpen. Oh, you're around. Like, like no shit. He's well, probably when, the most dependable guy in that entire bullpen. When Chapman pitched on his third consecutive day against Baltimore, he was unhittable. He threw like nine pitches, got three outs quickly. It was a no-sweat inning. But then also sometimes Chapman goes out there and he walks two guys. He gives up a couple hits and he throws a ball over Gary Sanchez's head. And without Jonathan Loisigo for the past four weeks, three weeks, whatever it's been, who was your most dependable reliever, the only guy that I felt good when he came out of the bullpen, that's a, it hasn't been that long, has it? He he, he, he went, he down went for on the IL September 10, 4th. It was going to be 10 days that he was no throwing. But he went on the IL, September, I believe, September 4th. September 4th, so it's yeah, been two, two and a half weeks. weeks. Okay, but by the time he gets back, it's going to be three plus weeks because he injury update on him is he threw, he needs to take a day off and throw three consecutive days again. Okay, so let's call that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then they're not going to bring him back and pitch him on Friday. So the earliest he's going to be back is Saturday against Boston. Great. You get him back very for that earliest, Boston. Very, very early. Very early. You still... get him back for that Boston series. Great. But then also you can't, you're not, you can't just be like, okay, now he's our, he's our bullpen. Lois goes our bullpen every game, every game, 35 pitches. You can't do that. that. The other thing about these guys coming back and we could, let's, let's tick through some injuries real quick because I guess this affects what's happening uh, coming up. Quickly. Can the, I just say that the Yankees are fifth to last in the American league and run scored? Yeah, I was just looking so why, at the run so differential why, so, again. So why do, you, why do you think that this offense is capable of going scorched earth? Oh, I never said, I, never said I thought it was possible. I never said that I, that I think that they're capable of it. I mean, do they have the talent to all of a sudden string together a whole bunch of runs and get all hot at the same time? Sure. Of course they do. But I, all right, why? Why? Why do they have that talent? On because, paper? you know, they'll turn it on. That was the plan. They're going to turn on it paper. on. No, on no, they're just going to the turn talent. it on. Yeah, they're going to turn it on. They're going to start trying now. Who's going to flip the switch? Is Joe Namath going to flip the switch? Someone's going to tell Aaron Boone to th- to flip the switch. Oh, Aaron Boone has he, they've been they've been telling Boone to flip the switch. He just can't find the switch. He doesn't. He know can't find it. the switch. Someone's going to find the switch. Put Aaron Boone in position to flip head switch, and then when he misses three times, someone else will get there and like hold his hand, weekend at Bernie style, and f- flip the switch, and then they'll be good. They'll be really good. Got it. Can't. And wait. then oh, by the way. Let me tell you what else is going to happen. Let me tell you what else is going to happen. Jonathan Lelizinger, he's going to come back, and he's going to dominate. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
Then, yep. uh, I think probably actually before that, Luis Severino, who's looking like uh, Severino from, uh, we're looking reading some updates from uh, NJ.com. They kind of ticked through them the most recently. Severino could rejoin the bullpen as early as Monday, said Boone. He threw two inning, 35 pitch simulated game on Saturday. Touch 95. Touch 95. So he's he is just mowing down those batters who don't have a bat in their hand. With his 95 mile an hour fastball. Stuff played very well. Right. Very well. I think we've seen him get off the mound enough times, and the quality of his stuff was there the other day. The velo was there, the fastball, and the shapes were pretty consistent, said Matt Blake. So Marty Bloke. And when you have a guy that is the uh, of the caliber of Luis Severino, he's going to walk in, also dominate, dominate. Okay. So now you. So have, therefore, you two get, bullpen guys, bullpen problems are fixed. Both guys going to come out of the gate and have not pitched in a long time. Going to come out of the gate, dominate. If you get Severino and Loaiza going to come back and dominate out of the bullpen, and Chapman to be good doesn't have to dominate, but just to be good. So you have three guys out of the bullpen. Fine. Also, if you get Kluber to continue, like he pitched pretty decent. Remember that on, was a that Friday. was a that was something I'm looking at. That was yep. something that we had talked about on Friday. Of Corey Kluber, is he going to start trying now? Did he get enough of the programming? Did he not get enough of the data to figure some shit out? And now he's yep. going to be the guy again. So who, if you get that, showed up, if you get that, if you get Garrett Cole to turn back into the pitcher that he yes. was in April and another May. another week resting that hamstring. Yep, got it. So, but like he needs to be. Eight innings, one run, fifteen strikeouts. That's that's the Garrett Cole we need. You agree? every time. Yep. And you get Jordan. He Montgomery. needs to be a seven inning guy for sure. And you get Jordan Montgomery to be steady, which he's been for the most. We part. don't need Jordan Montgomery to do anything. He just needs to keep doing what Jordan Montgomery does. He's hey, been good. Okay, fine. I'm not going to so, complain about Jordan Montgomery. Let's okay. not lump him into this complaint su- uh, summary of of what people need to do at max so, capacity. So if you get all those things happen on the pitching side, and then whoa, on the offense, whoa, what? What? Whoa, whoa, I got one more. What? Jamison Tyone could make a rehab start this week, said Boone. Oh. He's thrown a bullpen. Uh, he threw a bullpen session on Saturday. Did some fielding dr- drills, a little, a little, uh, little, little practice, a little, a little fielding, uh, fielding so practice. So is he going to be a starter or reliever? Also, he could throw a bullpen session on Monday, and they need him to make one rehab start. Okay. Apparently in the minor leagues, because that's that's the best place to do a. a you know, we don't need them in the major leagues. Yes, we do, but. I, I'd say he's probably going to be a quote starter, but you know, on a limit probably. So, so then, do you have a situation where you're piggybacking Tyon and Herman in a in a game? That sure. Could be, if you ever did get to an American League Division Series, that would be your game four starter. It would be Tyon piggybacked with Domingo Herman. Professional segue. Domingo Herman. Boone said on the the Yankees could welcome Herman off the injured list in the next few days. And bring him out of the bullpen. Herman got through Saturday's rehab assignment just fine. So yes, okay. now we have the ability to throw Domingo Herman on the back of somebody else, whether it's Luis Heel or it's Jamison Tyone or it's Corey Kluber or it's you know insert player here. This is a, King, this is now touched ninety eight miles, miles an hour. An hour. Pride of Rhode hell? Island. What the hell is going on with the radar gun? My dad texted me on Friday night. He goes. Has Michael King's fastball always been 98? I was like, nope, it's never been close to 98. It's always been 92 or 93 miles an hour. So I don't know what's going on with that radar gun. Reinventing, reinventing himself. The Swiss Army knife that you said he always could be. Now he's throwing 98 miles an hour. It's hey, just, it, why, didn't, why doesn't everyone just add five miles an hour to their fastball? 
Because because everybody's going to hit it. They're all used to it. I'd rather them throw 92 and locate. It's like, like very real. I would rather you throw 92 and locate all day long than throwing That's 100 miles That's what Jordan Montgomery's hour. been doing. Like I know. That's on a- Friday, Jordan Montgomery's fastball is bottom in the league as far as velocity goes, but he's not giving up hard contact with it, which means it's in places that batters cannot hit it hard. And he's also probably putting a little bit of second guessing in the back of batters' minds because they're not gearing up for something. They have to be a little bit more nimble and and adjust the bat to pitches that might look the same out of the hands. Velocity, similar velocity, but they're doing move, different movements, different locations. Look, man, if you gave me a bunch of guys that threw 90 to 95, topped out at 95 and could locate, I'd take that all day long. That's Location is the number one reason why pitchers succeed the number one reason it's 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 not velocity baseball and real estate location 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 i mean seriously this is this is this is one of those those uh, actual like things that you see in baseball it doesn't matter what era doesn't matter what decade doesn't matter what player if you can locate a baseball where you want it to go you have the upper hand there's been a few instances over time, like when Araldus Chapman broke into the scene throwing 101 miles an hour, and that was so much harder than anyone else in the league that it didn't matter where his fastball was. It could be right down the middle. And it's like, well, I, guys just don't see 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. So. That's just not but the case now, anymore, though. Exactly. Now, every Jabroke out of the bullpen can touch 98. So it's even Michael And Kane. every kid who's coming out of high school can hit a fastball above 95. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. 
Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so you laid out the if situations, and, and those include Loisaga, Severino, Tyon, Herman, Kluber. Was there anyone else? That's five five ifs on the pitching staff. I mean, when you see a guy like Luis Heel, first of all, I I thought he pitched well. He came back and, and he definitely rebounded from you know the uh, the the walkathon that he had, and then the home runs that he gave up. The guy's stuff is really good. It really is good. If he can, if he yeah. can. And, and it seems like when I'm watching him out there, I don't know. He just looks like a guy who gives a shit. He just looks like a guy who gives a shit and is going to work his ass off to get, uh, you know, to improve on the things that he, that he is lacking. And the, and the control issues are, are absolutely his Achilles heel. The guy's got incredible, incredible movement on, on his, uh, on his pitches. He, his demeanor out there, just, just, I feel good with him out there. He looks like a guy that's going to compete his ass off. He really does. I'm I'm excited about him into the future. If we're looking into the future a little bit as well, uh, he's a guy that I'm excited. And also a guy that to me, I could see Luis Hill going out there in a big start and just nutting up and like really feeling that emotion of a big start and the pressure and actually playing better. I could see him doing that. And, and if I'm a, if I'm a guy like Aaron Boone or Aaron Boone, I would try to bottle that up. And, and not go out with a game plan with Luis Hill trying to, you know, you got two innings, kid. Get us through two innings, kid. No. This is your start. This is your start. You go out there and you dominate because he's got the ability to dominate. And they need that. They need someone like Luis Hill down this stretch to be much better than they expect. And they need to be able to put him in that position. I don't even know if they'll put him in that position, though. That's That's like... Where we are What's, with this well, with this team, I guess they wouldn't. The only way they wouldn't is if all those other if situations happen. What do you have more confidence in right now, Luis Heel, walking out there and throwing five to six innings, eight to ten strikeouts because he strikes out even when he's giving up. What he's walking and giving up home runs, a guy strikes out people. Do you have more confidence in that or any one of these other scenarios happening and like you oh, know max uh, maxing uh, out? Frank- Frankly, I don't have confidence in either. But I'm, I'm saying so. In your scenario, the ifs work out. They're all ifs, but they all work out. So if they all work out, then heel would be bottom of the of the rung. Those are not going to all work out. I'm being I know they're not going to work out in the way that I'm saying that uh, these guys oh, are going to come you, out and dominate. No. Well, sometimes really? I don't know if you understand, but when Luis Heel comes out there, at least he's a guy who has done it recently. We know he's healthy. He could come out there and and gives you upside. Everybody else that I named on that list, there's no upside for any of those people. We're all like <laughs> praying they they get through an inning or two. Yeah, that's what we'd be doing with heel too. You'd be praying that he. But I but I know that there's upside. Like, out, I know he's got the guys. He's got the physical ability to go out there and throw seven innings if he wanted to. Sure, sure. Because he started his major league career with 15 or 16 scoreless innings or whatever it was. I'm but, just saying, there's not like very many said, guys on our on our team right now that, that, his, that can even do that. 
walks are his Achilles heel. He's had more than five walks per nine innings in the minor leagues in his career. So if you're talking about against Boston and against Toronto and Tampa, or if they actually do get to the playoffs, I have don't have much confidence in Heel being able to shut those lineups down. Those are good lineups. Those are better lineups than you have. I'm excited for him to throw down the stretch in a big game because I think we're going to see some magic from that kid. Great. So all the ifs are going to work out and dominate, and we're going to get magic out of Luis Heel. That's just the pitching side. Now, what about the offensive side? What needs to happen on the offensive side, if-wise, for this team to actually succeed? They need to make contact with their barrel of the bats. Do they need to, a lot of people calling for Gary Sanchez to be benched after that dropped pop-up on on Saturday. And For and, what? What are we benching him for? Kyle Higgins should go, there's nothing to do. Kyle, Kyle who? It doesn't matter. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to, there's nothing to do. I, for what? I know, I know they're not going to, and I know there's nothing to do. But this is just this is again, it's coming up. The same topic is bench Gary Sanchez. Let's move on from Gary Sanchez. He can't catch pop ups. Yeah, it was a bad play. Look, obviously the the way he looked foolish. He, he looked like an idiot. That uh, obviously like he an lost idiot the against son. the Mets. He looked he looked like an idiot against the Mets over the week last weekend yes. when he tagged the guy, tried to tag the guy in the neck. Here's the here's the problem when I have. People blaming the sun for an issue like that, a, a pop-up around home plate. Okay, fine. Yes, the sun, high sky, high sky, sun, sun's there. You're, that's also part of your fundamentals is like being able to block out the sun, being able to shield and, and use it. I understand that there's sometimes that it just, it is what it is. The sun's a big bright thing in the sky and, and you just lose it. Uh, so, you know, whatever. The fact is, is that that is a fundamental problem a pop-up around home plate that should be an out that puts your guy in a different position. All of a sudden, when you should have two outs with nobody on, you have runners on base, bad things start happening. Uh, you hit the guy, you know, you, then now you have to make a pitching change that comes, you know, turns into an implosion. And it was just like max pain immediately, very, very fast. You talked about the high sky in the day. Julio Mavares, who's one of our mailbag submitters, he tweeted at me, Yankees day-night splits. The Yankees have a 404 win percentage in day games and a 646 win percentage in night games. When our playoff games played at night, now we're talking. So you're saying just get to the playoffs. Just get to the playoffs. Avoid day games. No so, sun. In the, no, there's no sun in the night games. Nope. No sun in the night games. The lights are a lot more predictable than a sun. And now... Sun setting around 7 p.m. or earlier, game time 7. So the sun is set by the time first pitch is thrown. It's nighttime, baby. I mean, you have some like some crazy shadows sometimes. Crazy shadows. Gets very hot in right field sometimes. Uh, so obviously we're being sarcastic about pretty much everything because we hate this team and don't think we're going <laughs> to win shit. Um, they, so. they drive you batshit crazy. They really do. Yeah, they, they drive do. you batshit crazy. Yeah, they do. It's... So Texas, Texas is a thing. Joey Gallo is uh, was available apparently on Sunday. He's got some neck issues. You know, hopefully he can come out here and give some, uh, you know, show them what they're missing. Really stick it to them. You know, lead the <laughs> offense. I'm sorry. Like, it's hard to care about this 2021 team, isn't it? It's. It's hard to care. Uh, it's hard to care about. It's not hard to care because I because I just I, I, it doesn't go away. I can't not care. It they make it 
they make it difficult for me to to care about them. They they just make it very difficult. They do make it difficult. I'm saying it's not hard to care because it just happens. But they they make it difficult. They try their damnedest to to emotionally drain you. They try their damnedest to suck the life out of you, and I don't appreciate it. (laughs) I don't appreciate it. I don't like looking at Aaron Boone's face. I, uh-huh. I can't handle that anymore. Like his face is, is I don't like, like nails on a, a lot of the players. Me. I don't like looking at a lot of the players either. And I talked about last year after they lost to Tampa, is this team likable? And you were like, yeah, they're likable. They got a, like, a lot of likable. Play- no, they're not likable. The roster, maybe you talking about it then and talking about it now is like talking about it after, uh, you know, talking about quality of life after like a world My war. point was, yes, on an individual basis, Isolating the players, they're likable, they could have fun personalities, whatever you want to call it. But together, as a roster, it's not a likable team. Okay, I just don't understand what you mean by that. It's like, it's just so hard because to they don't that do that little. They don't when do I think of likable, right, I think of emotional stuff. The fundamental, the, but the things that you said, like they, they, they emotionally drain you and make you want to pull your hair out. It's because of things like mental mistakes embarrassing moments, embarrassing plays. I'm not just talking about walk-offs against you. Embarrassing moments. Think about some of these embarrassing moments this year. I don't want to. Don't don't recap the embarrassing moments. Don't Can do I just to, mention to a anybody couple? right? No. Why? What's the point of that? It is It's to make a point. It's to make the point that we get not your likable. Point. Everybody gets your point. The likable thing, I'll never agree with you on that because of the way that you think of things as likable and the way I don't think of teams as likable. It's just different. It's fine. The the thing is, this team is just bad. They're bad. That's why they're not likable. Fine. If you if if a team is not likable because they're bad, then they're not likable. Fine. I will concede. But I don't. But I they, don't want to relive their bad. They times. do the little things wrong that lose them games, and they don't seem to get better. So that's why they're not likable. They don't again. I conceded your point. Problems. The reason why they don't do little things and they have fundamental problems is because the guy at the helm is a moron. True, he doesn't, but it's not he just that. It's also the guy above the guy at the helm. Fine, meaning the Brian shit Cashman, trickles downhill. The who moronic has put, who has trickles put downhill. The wrong players together on a roster. We briefly saw it after the trade deadline that they started to do some of the little things right, and we thought it was because they acquired players like Joey Gallo, who even though he strikes out a butt ton. What did you just say? Hold on. You just said they could, they assemble all the players, and then you said Joey Gallo in that same sentence. You just said the same thing. No, let me. Finish. You couldn't possibly. Let me finish my point. That we thought for a second it was because they had no left fielder, and they acquired Joey Gallo. Yes, he strikes out a butt ton, but he also does other things like run the bases well and play defense well. Then they got Rizzo, a guy who plays great defense and puts bat on ball. We thought those two pieces, also adding two lefty bats to a lineup that was 100% right-handed, we thought these were small steps in the right direction to make this team more cohesive, to make this roster pieces fit together. They were trying to jam square pegs in round holes, and then they are finally like, hey, let's get a jigsaw and make fucking square peg circles so they go in the goddamn hole. But that's not actually what happened. It was, it was a mirage. It was, it was dangling a carrot in front of our eyes. We all got excited. It wasn't just a 13-game win streak. It was like 40 games of winning baseball flushed down the toilet because at the core of this, the core of this team, they're fundamentally flawed and they're soft and they've got an idiot at the manager and they've got a general manager who is, I think, a little stubborn 
I don't a little stubborn. I I, I mean Brian Cashman at this point, I, he I don't even know. The man has to do an about face. I need at the end of the day, like for real, honestly, what all of this boils down to for me is accountability. I've talked about it a number of times on this on this show. Accountability is so very lacking in the organization. But if you look at, you isolate that dugout, isolate that dugout, whether you have it in the front office or not, that's not their job. Even, even, even if the accountability in the front office isn't there, you got to have it in the clubhouse and they just don't. And it starts with the guy on the mound. And when you have no accountability, when there's no, there's nothing on the, on the other side of manager on the, uh, yeah. What did I say? On the mound. Yeah. On the mound. No, the manager. When you have no accountability throughout that throughout that team, then there's you know what do you incentivize? Like where's where's the other side of 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 doing poorly? Where's the what's the other side? Just and that's why just keep going, just keep going down a down a really bad path. It's for all these reasons we just bitched about for the past half hour. Why I think the booing on Sunday was 100 warranted. John and Susan they put up a stink about Yankees fans booing Garrett Cole and. Oh, Garrett Cole has carried this team the whole That's season. That's what you He's do. A Cy Young you contender. boo them. You boo them. The Yankees. They missed the point. They missed the point that the booing wasn't just Garrett Cole's bad performance. But Obviously, it was that's also. a reason why. But it was booing because this team is on the outside of the playoffs looking in. If this team was in a position to be in the playoffs yesterday, they just the exact same thing happened. Garrett Cole had a bad start and they lost. They got they got stomped by Cleveland. They would not have booed. It's because this team has played crappy baseball, okay, for an entire season. That's why they got booed. And that's why Garrett Cole deserved to get booed. That's why the Yankees deserve to get booed. That's why Boone deserves to be fired. That's why, frankly, Brian Cashman needs to make major changes or Steinbrenner needs to take his power away and strip him of power or fire things. If you strip his power change. away and you take him away, then you get rid of him. You can't just leave him Fine. in the organization. Whatever it needs to do, that you can't just let him keep going on this path that clearly is not working and getting worse year by year by year. It's gotten worse every year for the past four seasons. Worse, not better. You're right. And a lot of that is stubbornness because they keep doubling down on the on on the wrong strategy. They double down on the wrong strategy. And you just keep going, and now we're they're at a point where they're they're. It's a tough it's a tough place to dig out of where they are right now. Fine, so that maybe that's what they said last year and the year before. Well, we're already this far. We're pot committed. We gotta go. We gotta keep push, pushing our chips, and we gotta go back to the cashier, buy more chips, and push them in. If they do that again next year, guess what's gonna happen? They're gonna get worse. Need some different chips. Need to move to a different table. Dealer's got their number. Or maybe you got to look at your watch and see that it's 2.45 in the morning. You just got to go home. You got to leave the casino and go home. (laughs) Attack tomorrow. Get a good night's sleep. Figure it out tomorrow. All right. Anything else you want to say? No. No, there's not. There's not anything more I want to say. That's it. This team... I I have to say something, I guess. <laughs> you don't actually, uh, man. I just, I I when I when I look when I look when I look at this team and I look at what's coming in the next two weeks, I I don't even know what to f- I don't even know how to feel about it. 
because I I don't want them. They can't limp into the playoffs. They can't, right? So in, well, in, you don't have to worry lo- about that because they're not going to make the playoffs. Well, they're that's the thing. When you Boston, look at this team, to Toronto. Hold on. When you look at this team, the only way for them to get to the playoffs is to play like a good baseball team, right? For for a relatively sustained amount of time against good teams. We haven't seen that. So what if they played good baseball against these good teams and actually do make the playoffs? What if that happens? Then they'll lose then then we'll in be in a good card. place because they all of a sudden played good baseball against good teams in times that they needed to with their backs against the wall, like all the way against the wall. And now they're entering into a playoff because they they got themselves there. Throughout the rest of the season, from now on, if they get into the playoffs, it's because they got themselves there, right? Uh, Just I put yourself guess. in that moment. So that means so that means what? So that means that you feel good about them in the playoffs if they're actually in the playoffs. But because no. they have to earn it at this point. No, because you see what I'm doing here? I see what you're doing, but it's like a golfer who had a five stroke lead at the Again, turn. But it doesn't but the, but none of that matters. And then hit six balls in the drink, and then everyone else came back to the pack and he, yeah, he birdied the eighteenth hole to get into a playoff. Well two 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 teams would have to do that. That doesn't happen usually. So there's a multiple factors. Well, only one team needs to do it. Two Fine. of the no two of no, the, three two make teams the playoffs. Need, two teams need to do that in the way that they play against the Yankees is what I mean. But okay, but in theory, right? The Yankees play Boston next weekend. They could get swept by Boston, and as long as they beat Toronto the the next series, they could make the playoffs. Well, it depends what Oakland's doing. Oakland might sweep the. But Mariners. you get my you get my point is that they could still limp into the playoffs. Really, that would just be painful possible. if they possible. limp into the playoffs. If it's they possible li- to limp they... into the playoffs still. Yeah, especially that, because that's not a crazy that thought when you look happen. at the schedule. Not especially because it, it. I don't think this would happen because I think Tampa has pride and balls. But S- Tampa has nothing to play for the last weekend of the season, and the Yankees sweep them because Tampa's not playing anyone. That could happen, even though I still think Tampa would beat you because, like I said, they got balls. When their depth is just better, so like they put out their third string team, and it's better because they <laughs> will just hit the ball all over the place and catch pitch well, catch the ball run to the correct base so uh, there's a scenario in which they say they they take two out of three against texas this week they go into boston next weekend and boston who's a game who's two and a half up on you right now correct boston's two and a half up on you because you're a game game back of game and a half back of um toronto do i have that right you're a game and a half out of the wild card so yeah right toronto's in that second spot so Boston is two and a half. And up Oakland's on you. half a game back from the Yankees. Boston's a, a two and a half up on you. Boston takes two out of three, right? To to just keep continue to secure their wild card spot. Toronto basically plays five hundred until you play them, and then you take two out of three against Toronto. And so it's like even though you're just playing five hundred baseball, you can worm your way into the playoffs because of how it's. Two out of the three teams that will make it. And yeah, I know Oakland is kind of still there. And and Oakland, you don't pl- no one plays Oakland anymore. Like the Oakland's playing their own division, probably. So they're they the Mariners and the Astros. Yeah. So if Oakland wins eight out of their last ten games, then the Yankees can't lip into the playoffs. But also if Oakland just plays five all these teams are mediocre. We're talking about mediocre baseball teams. Some are better mediocre, like Toronto has a really good lineup. Their pitching staff is still up and down, even though they might have Cy Young winner. Boston, even probably more mediocre than Toronto, but they just put themselves in a position where they 
they're ahead in the wild card. So these are mediocre baseball teams that play mediocre. So if the Yankees just play one game better mediocre than the other teams, you limp into the playoffs. The Blue Jays have Toronto for the next three days. Then they have four against... Oh, wait, the Blue Jays play Toronto? I'm, t- <laughs> I'm going crazy. The Blue Jays play Tampa for the next three days. Then they play four at Minnesota. That's a sweep. Then they have the Yankees at home, and they close out the season at home against the Baltimore Orioles. That's a sweep. They're going to win seven more games minimum. Yeah, so uh, they have to... The Yankees essentially really need to take advantage of their opportunities against Toronto... or against... uh, uh, Texas this this uh, next three days with yep. the Blue Jays playing Tampa. Yep, and hope yep. hope that the Blue Jays lose to Tampa. So now you're rooting for Tampa. Yep, you hope Tampa takes two out of three, and you hope you sweep Texas. All right, that, that I, I, it's like well, yeah, we're figuring out these playoff scenarios. Great, okay, can't wait. We'll talk to you guys next week. Not next week, later this week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.